Dave's podcast, episode 18. Peer off wine, Gatwick, Luton, a Caribbean cruise, and the end of the world. So, I was out of work again. But I had some commission due, and I also had my £300 deposit for my kitchen door samples. Also, the money that was coming in from Pat was a bit of security. But I didn't hang around for long. I then saw this advertisement in the Reading Chronicle for a wine salesman for a company called Peeroff, based in Luton. This time it had a small basic salary of £10,000 a year, plus the commission. I went to Luton for an interview and got the job. I then found out I would be in charge of all the Berkshire customers but I would be based in an office at Gatwick, near the airport, covering the south of England. My hours would be 10am to 8pm Monday and Tuesday at the Gatwick office, with a chance to stay in a hotel overnight. The rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I would make appointments. In the majority of the cases, this would be in the evening. But first, I needed years of training in wine production and how to become a sommelier. I'm joking. I did a four-day course at the head office in the wine production world hub of Luton, which was a fair old trek from Reading. Again, not the greatest decision I ever made. I arrived at 9am after a two-hour drive. There was around 10 people on the course, most of which I never saw again except for one guy, I shall call him, I shall call him B.O. These were not actually his initials, but a condition that came to a head in a crowded, sweaty office. In the training, we started with the Romans, which is where a lot of things start. We covered harvesting, crushing and pressing, fermentation, clarification and then ageing and bottling, all before lunch. The company was a German company. Now, German wine was very popular in the 70s. They were low-alcohol, light wines, typically around 7 or 8%. By the 80s, we were moving over to New World wines. Oh my God, my years of experience and training is it's all coming back. The New World wines from Australia, New Zealand and Chile were 14 to 15% which is why we all went mad in the 80s and started binge drinking. The next day, we went round the warehouse. It was a bonded warehouse, which means that all the imported wine was kept in the warehouse until it was sold and then the duty was paid. The next day, we were introduced to the wines we were expected to sell. 
this was going to be a lot easier than selling kitchens for thousands of pounds. Initially we had four white and four red wines, a liqueur and a tawny port. As you became more successful you could increase the range, maybe add a dessert wine, a spätlese. Now spätlese in German means late harvest. It is a term for the German wine from the fully ripe grapes, the lightest of the late harvested wines, giving it a sweet and rich taste. Oh, I've slipped right back in, you never lose it, you know. Now, how was this going to work? Well, any potential new customer had received a leaflet, either in their paper or in the post. The leaflet was offering a free wine tasting with no obligation and wait for it, a free green German wine glass. Now people went mad for this. They would always say, oh don't forget my free glass, and it was worth about 20p. So the plan was, I would go to the office in Gatwick on a Monday and Tuesday, and phone these replies and arrange an appointments for Wednesday, Thursday and Friday in the Berkshire area. but back to my extensive training in Luton. On the Friday, I was paired up with the salesman who covered the Croydon area. I arranged a place to meet him. Luckily, people were not making appointments to start wine tasting at nine o'clock in the morning. I was there to observe and learn. I can't remember his name, so I will call him Sporty Honda. He had a top-of-the-range Honda car no idea what it was. It could have been a Kamazazi 2-litre. I was still using my fish slash kitchen, now wine van. I had paid off the lease and it was low on petrol, but not the most exciting thing to drive on the motorway. I parked up in the allocated spot and waited for Mr Sporty Honda to arrive. Soon I heard a roaring exhaust and he was there. We drove to our first appointment. We came in, introduced ourselves and he ran through a bit of the company history and explained that the wines would be delivered direct to your home. He then inquired what type of wines they like and he guided them to a particular bottle and then he started his sales patter, the joys of that wine, who made it, where, what were the grapes, the dryness, the sweetness and what foods might go with it. He then poured a small sample, which was in a tiny plastic container that we were given. As he tasted it, he would explain what you should expect from the taste. Gooseberries, summer days, the finest smoked salmon sandwiches. Blimey, I'll take a case of that. But this first customer ordered a case of wine, which was a good start. We went on the rest of the day. Sometimes the appointment wasn't in, which upset your plans. You normally allocated an hour for an appointment and then added a bit of travelling time onto the next appointment, which is easy in Croydon, but not so in the whole of Berkshire. Sometimes you arrived at a pensioner and after a few questions you realised it was very unlikely that they were going to buy a case of wine as they only drank one bottle a week. So we would give them a quick tasting give them the free wine glass and make a hasty retreat. But overall we had a good day. Out of the ten appointments we did, we sold to eight. 
but he said that customers had a cooling off period and sometimes cancelled an order uh, with what is known as buyer's remorse or kind of like, oh shit, I've ordered three cases of wine for 60 quid. My missus is going to kill me. We finished our last appointment around 7pm and I was dropped off by Mr Sporty Honda. I had the weekend off, which was a bonus after the kitchen sales. On the Monday, I drove to Gatwick for 10am, but I got there around 10.30. I had no idea of the rush hour traffic on the M25. But eventually, I worked out a route through Guildford on the A3, which was quite scenic, but then came back on the M25 and M4 in the evening because I was finishing at 8pm in Gatwick. The office in Gatwick was quite a nondescript building in an industrial unit. Inside the office they had six desks with an area sales desk at the end. Round the corner this was replicated and at the front was my lady boss who I shall call Chardonnay. She was head of Southern Sales, which covered Jersey, Guernsey and Kent all the way round to Hampshire. A bit of gossip here. She was having an affair with another head sales manager. It was one of those things where I was told it on day one, but she didn't know that we all knew that, that we knew that she didn't know. It was all a bit awkward as her brother worked there on the sales team and he was often put in a position where he had to cover for them. On that first Monday, we had a short sales meeting, which had an appraisal of the previous week's sales. I always found this hard as the weeks went on, because no matter how good you were the week before, on the Monday, you started from scratch again. You started from zero. There was a group of around six salesmen who had been established for many years, they had built up a network of regular customers. On my desk I had a stack of the returned circulars with eager people sucked into the offer of a free, no-obligation wine glass. In our extensive training week we had practised phone calls to each other on the prepared script. It went something like this. Hello, Mr Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm phoning regarding your free gift Gift, 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 see I've messed that up straight away. It went something like this. Hello, Mr Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm phoning regarding your free gift of a beautiful German wine glass. I'm in your area on Wednesday. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to try some of our quality wines. That sounds lovely. Two o'clock on a Wednesday would be ideal. But this never happened. If you had an appointment in Bracknell on Wednesday and tried to tie it in together, they were free on Thursday and you ended up running all over the place. We had to make a reasonable number of appointments each day, enough to sell and reach our weekly sales targets. Your sales manager would look over your shoulder. Come on, fill that gap in there. By late Tuesday, I would make up appointments to fill the gaps so I could go early. I used to use names of ex-Reading footballers. Trevor Senior, 6 o'clock in Tylerst, likes red wine. We would phone from 10 till 12 and then take a break till 2, as most people would be on their lunch. 
Then we would start phoning again at 2 until 8pm. So it turned out we had two hours for lunch. There was no real town or anything nearby. Then on my first day, a younger sales manager said, Do you play football, Dave? A group of half a dozen or so went off to play football at a local park. That first day, I only had trainers, jeans and a t-shirt. But come 12, the other guys changed into a full football kit. We wolfed down our sandwiches on the way and then we had a kick around for an hour and a half. When we got back, we were all sweaty and covered in mud. We only had a normal gent's loo with a row of four sinks. So we were trying to wash in these sinks, splashing water everywhere. Then I had to sit down and continue making phone calls. But it was a great release and a way to let off steam. Until I had my knee injury, which has always been a problem. I could have had trials, you know, but they never caught me. But more about my knee injury later. Now, everyone of a certain age, I'm thinking over 30, knows that in 1999 the world was going to end. The new millennium was going to upset all the computers. All aircraft would fall out of the sky. The financial markets would be in collapse. Mobile phones would stop working. And the automated McDonald's would shut down. Yes, life as we knew it would be over. But spoiler alert, none of this actually happened. So after I had been there a few months, there was a big announcement from Peer of Headquarters regarding an event in January. But I was not too excited because of the impending Armageddon. I hadn't been there a few weeks when a senior salesman told me that every year if you reached your Christmas sales target, you went on a week's holiday. In the past they had been to Mallorca and the Gran Canaries. The bad side was that it was the whole company, including the managing director. I didn't really take much notice of this as it was only October and I didn't know how long I was going to stick around. But then... Because it was the millennium year, they were going to do something extra special. It turned out to be a four-night cruise in the Caribbean. So I threw myself into wine sales. When I went up to Gatwick, I had the option to stay in a hotel on the Monday night to save driving home. I did this a few times, but it was a bit miserable. It was a basic stopover hotel say if you had an early flight from Gatwick. I would pick up a takeaway on the way to the hotel at 8 o'clock and then have a cooked breakfast and be off to work by 10. If I drove home, I would get home about 10 o'clock at night on the Monday night but then have to leave for 8 o'clock to get to Gatwick in time for 10. In the last 6 or 8 weeks before Christmas, we started running wine tasting events in the various areas you were expected to support your other salesmen so I went to Leeds Castle in Kent and the Dorchester Hotel in London and I was also due to go to HMS Belfast on the Thames but I missed this due to my knee injury which I will get to soon so what glamorous location 
would be chosen for Berkshire. A tasting at Windsor Castle? No, I got a conference room in Pingewood, which is about a mile from my home. Right, my knee story. Well, actually, it wasn't my right knee. It was my left knee. So I was playing football at Monday lunchtime at work. It was very muddy and my sales manager shoved into me, forcing my knee in a direction he didn't really want to go. Now, years ago, I was playing five-a-side with my brother in Slough. I had driven there from Reading, and the same thing happened. He had to take me home in his car, collect Deb, bring her back to Slough to collect my car to go all the way back to Reading. So my knee's gone. I can't support my weight. Now, Everyone has piled into the back of my van for the short trip to the pitch, so now someone had to drive my van back to the office. Someone, I think, got some ice, and I sat there for the rest of the night, managing to do phone calls while my leg was iced up. Lucky I had booked into the hotel that Monday night. Now, B.O., remember B.O. from training in Luton? B.O. gave me a lift to the hotel. i better cover about B.O. B.O. clearly had a problem with body odour. Luckily, he was round the corner from me in the office, but a few people had complained and even hanged car uh, refreshers on their desks. Anyway, the next morning, my knee was a bit better, and during lunch I managed to elevate it. By the evening, I was walking okay. Then in the evening, uh, during a break, I was mucking about and my knee just totally collapsed under me. I went down like a sack of spuds. But on the way down, I cracked my elbow on a desk. Now, you know when you know you've done something, you've done something really bad, sort of straight away. Well, I knew I'd done something bad to my arm. I cut my arm still and it wasn't too bad. I managed to get to 8 o'clock. As I drove home on the M25 on the M4 and the traffic was really light, I managed not to have to use my left arm. But when I got off the motorway, I could barely bend it on the five miles home. I was screaming at every turn. When I got home, we went to A&E. I had an x-ray. They couldn't actually see a break in the elbow, but they could see a little jet of bone marrow extending from the joint, which signified that there was some kind of fracture. But they put my arm in a sling, gave me some painkillers, but there's really nothing else they could do. Now, this was two weeks before Christmas, so I had to phone in sick. Now, we were going to establish customers in the run-up to Christmas, and my manager took over my appointments for the week, as she had covered Berkshire while they didn't have a salesman. Luckily, there was no Reading ex-footballers had a wine-tasting book that week. So we still had our airiest Christmas do the following week. So Deb ran me to Slough bus station and another salesman picked me up from there and drove me to Gatwick. We had a meal out and a bit of a disco and then we stayed in the hotel overnight. I was in a twin room with B.O. Luckily, I was too drunk to notice. 
This started a period, actually, when I went to four company Christmas events in four separate years, as I changed jobs four times. I didn't know if I was doing different jobs or actually a survey for the best organised Christmas do. After our Christmas do, we were all due in the office, checking our sales targets. The manager did a bit of fiddling, adding other people's sales onto mine to make up for any shortfall. But after an hour or so, we had wrangled it. We all had reached prospective target and the whole office was off on a cruise. This was due to take place in the first week of January, but unfortunately the world was due to end before then. You may be aware that the world actually carried on. It was a great trip, unlike anything we had done before. We flew out to Miami and stayed in the Hilton for the first day. We then boarded our ship, the Spirit of the Seas, and we sailed to Kingston, Jamaica and a couple of other islands. We went off swimming with rays, which is kind of like swimming with dolphins, but cheaper and you get an hour longer. Then on the ship, I met up with the other salesman. Sporty Honda's wife was really strange and very shy. I got on with Charlie and his wife. He, was, uh, he covered the Hampshire area as a salesman. Two facts about them. Sadly, they had been trying to have children for years with several IVF treatments. He was all quite open about it. Also, he was very proud of the fact that he had never in his life read a book. I'm guessing other than the A to Z of Hampshire. It was a great trip. We were worried because we'd uh, never been on a cruise before and we were realised that you had to settle all your tips on the last day and we had been hitting the spiced rum quite hard. But on the last day, we were told that the company had paid all outstanding debts. A quick story about the cruise. I'm going to relive it with you. One night after midnight, we found ourselves at the top of the ship in a round observation bar. There were only a few people there. But in the middle, there was a guitarist with a large amp and some kind of drum machine. Now, this was 15 years before I picked up a guitar and started to learn, so I didn't really know the ins and outs. He was playing soft rock classics like The Eagles, Hotel California, that kind of thing. As he started each song, he would set up a backing track and play guitar and sing along. Time went on and we ordered another spiced rum. He finished his latest song, what do you like then? I didn't think he was talking to me, but I looked round and the bar had emptied. Uh, um, Van Morrison. There was a slight pause, then a click, and he was off. Have I told you lately? When he finished, he pressed me again. I thought of a more obscure track. Uh, and it stoned me. There was a briefest of pause, and then he was right into it. It was my own personal jukebox. Bruce Springsteen, the Doobie Brothers, Eric Clapton, B.B. King, Dylan. No matter how obscure I got, he stepped up and found a track.
we flew back into Gatwick, arriving early in the morning, having flown all night. We dropped off Charlie and his wife in Hampshire. I was exhausted and nearly fell asleep a couple of times on the way home. But there was no real time to recover. It was back to the office the next morning. January sales, which meant all the week in Gatwick phoning customers with sales offers. This was hard work, phoning a lot of people that had probably bought uh, at the pre-Christmas training uh, tastings. The customer details were kept on index cards. These were detailed previous orders, particularly what they liked, and any relevant details. It might say, don't mention his wife, she's died. Goes to Cheltenham Festival, he's away all of March. Loves the peer off blue, which is a wine that comes in a lovely blue glass bottle. I had one card that said, never call this number again. He told me to fuck off and stop bothering him. A few more whiny stories in the next episode. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, you know what you gotta do. You gotta like it, and you gotta share it.